Well, welcome to the gathering. You guys ready? I mean, this is awesome. We had amazing communion. We had powerful worship. I'm just excited to be able to get the chance to come up here and speak. And you guys get stuck with me after that worship. So we'll get going from here. But I really love going through this verse-by-verse thing. And we're going through this 2 Corinthians letter. And what I like to do is I get a chance to break it down and see different places I can actually build upon and learn from and apply new things, things that we can notice going through Scripture didn't work in the past, and now we get a chance to learn from it. It gives me a chance to really grow and learn. I get to learn so much from everyone around these tables. It's exciting to go through this and see everything that's written. Last week, Jeremy gave a powerful message, and I was, just love the content, and this chance about belief and that God has so much more in store for us. We just have to trust Him. We have to believe what's going on in our situations that we have something better to look forward to. But the thing that stuck out the most to me, and I wrote it down in my notes, it was so important what he said. I wrote down, make it count. And he was talking about what these good deeds going forward, that when we have this life here, this temporary bodies that we have, we need to make this count. We need to make things count. We need to get going together. We need to not be timid. We need to not just stay in our own little bubble. We need to not stay quiet. It's time for us to start doing these good deeds. It's time for us to start moving forward and getting those little tally marks for the time of judgment. And that kind of goes in hand in hand what we're gonna be talking about tonight, these good deeds. See, as I was studying for this message, I'm a big TV fan, I turn on the TV to veg out at night. Uh, Of course, I read the Bible, but I also like to watch TV, don't judge. Um, But as I was flipping around, I had this thought about what this message was gonna be about. And I just needed to get away for a little bit, so I started flipping the channels. And did you guys know there's like three or four channels of shopping? Like 24 hours a day. There's QVC, there's Home Shopping Network. There's all this stuff on TV where they have a host, and that host's job is to go and make you think that you need the thing that they're selling. That's their whole job is to find stuff out and then go forward and buy this. And let's go even further. I mean, there's blocks of programming on different channels where they're selling, like, rocks and samurai swords and coins. And to take it even further is I was getting ready to go down to Sleepy Town, and then I hear this loud voice come on, and it's like, hey! And it's those annoying info commercials. It's like, do you have dirty clothes? And I was getting ready to sleep. I'm like, yes, I do. You're talking to me. Wow. And I see, and he has this bowl on this table, and it looks awful. It's muddy water, and he's like, look, I have dirty clothes too. Let's put it in there. And I was like, wow, okay, let's do this. What are we doing? He gets a scoop of detergent, he puts it in, he he spins it around, and he's like, boom, look at the water now. It's crystal clear. It's like, wow, that's cool. I, I, I mean, I got detergent. I don't really need that. And he hits you. And this is what they all do. They hit you with that one moment. They're like, but wait, there's more. I was like, wow, what else could this do? And they're like, there's so many nutrients 
in this water from the dirt and stuff that you can practically drink this water. And I'm like, cool, take my money. This is amazing. So what we do is we have these hosts, we have people that gather around to find out all this information that even if you lived with it for out, with the 20 years, suddenly you're going to die the next day without it. And there are some things going on that, like, I mean, let's be honest, 80% of us here had a Snuggie. I'm not going to hate. I mean, why wouldn't you want to cover up and have your hands free? This is awesome. Or maybe you were that feline fanatic that had the, what is that awful thing? The kitty training toilet. Or perhaps you had the Jinsu knives that not only slice through a tomato with ease, but it will cut through brick. Because, you know, when you're working tough at and construction sites, you get hungry after cutting bricks. And I'm not even going to talk about the shake weight, but that was a, a nightmare in itself. These people have channels dedicated to them. These people have hours of programming to go in front of you and tell you all about this junk that we don't need. And yet God is having a hard time finding people to go out and share the most wonderful message in the world, the gospel. So as we go through tonight, we're going to start to understand of your new roles in life, where you were officially wearing the headset with the blue polo shirt. You are now pitch women and pitch men for Jesus. So as we get started, we're going to go through our book of 2 Corinthians. So please stand if you're able to stand. Open up to chapter 5, and we're going to go through verses 11 and 12. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere. I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No. We are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for this time together that we can, we can joke around, but we can know how serious these situations are. I thank you for all the hearts in this building today, all these sin sincere hearts that just want to love and accept this message, Lord. I ask you to speak through these walls and just carry it out within this whole community and this nation, Lord. This is your message and your time. It's your name we pray. Amen. Guys, go ahead and grab a seat. So I kind of wanted to go through the first sentence of our text tonight. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. We work hard to persuade others. I mean, I started to think of this and one of the things that was always hard for me to wrap my head around as a, a new believer was, why are we supposed to fear God? What does that really mean? And there's a, a quote I want to throw up by Oswald Chambers. The remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. To fear God is to desire to live in harmony with his righteous standards, respecting him, obeying him, committing to him. But wait, there's more. See, that's that 
get used to that. So when I read this, I understand our fearful responsibility that we have to trust that what we are going to do in our lives to spread this message, what we are able to do, that we're able to get out of our own heads and out of our own way and trust that God's going to guide us in the direction that he wants us to go. That we fearfully understand that we get a chance to work hard to persuade others and God's going to help deliver that. We just have to start to enable him and let him go. Thank God that we get to talk about such a wonderful thing. We have courage. We have passion. It's amazing. And I, I just got to say, most people think I'm a reserved person, kind of boring. Truth is, I'm a little crazy. Um, or, or strange, either one you want to go with. And that goes in perfectly with verse 13. And I'm going to throw up two different translations, the first one being the New Living. It says, if it seems we are crazy... It is to bring glory to God, and if we, are in, if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. I'm also going to throw up the amplified version. If we are out of our mind, just unstable fanatics, as some critics say, it is for God. If we're in our right mind, it is for your benefit. This is a society that we're living in, that there are a lot of outsiders that would listen to our Jesus talk and say, that sounds crazy to me. But I want to tell you, I want to be so crazy talking about this that I'm wrapped up in a straitjacket and led away because if I'm passionate and crazy about something, why not be so passionate and crazy about the love of God that you can go and spread it along the nations, that we can move forward. That I want to take it one step forward with that, that pitchman thing. I want to be able to set up a booth at the county fair next to the guy that has that slap chop and then the sham wow. Okay, I want to be right there. And anyone that walks by, it doesn't matter who you are, I want them to walk by and I can shout, oh, hey, ma'am, hey, sir, it looks like you're a little down on your luck today. Can I tell you about a man that walked on water? But wait, there's more. Can I tell you about a man that healed the sick? But wait, there's more. Can I tell you about a man that can raise people from the dead? But wait, there's more. Can I tell you about someone that loves you so much that he sacrificed his life for us so he can be connected with us? I want us to have that spot at all the fairs across the world just so we get a chance to have that interaction with other people. It's okay to get a little passionate. It's okay to talk and have a little bit of spit come out. It's okay to worship like a, you want to. It's okay because we're giving glory to God. We get a chance to give back to God. Let's get passionate about something good instead of my bad sports teams. So I want to I issue this challenge. I want us to have so much crazy Jesus talk that we're going to think the outside believers are the crazy ones for not taking a drink of our medicine. So let's get there. Let's start spreading this. As we continue on in verses 14 through 16, it says, either way, Christ's love controls us. That's a huge part right there, guys. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old self. 
He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely as a human point of view, how differently we know him now. It's amazing to look back on this because we get a chance to learn from an amazing man that can be used as an example, and that's the Apostle Paul. Paul dropped and stopped everything when he realized that he was in the wrong. And then he went to follow Jesus. Everything Paul did was based off of Jesus' love for him. Every decision that was made was a decision made from Jesus. Every word that was spoken by Paul was him being a vessel for Jesus. Everywhere that he was directed to go, he was directed by Jesus. And the people he was directed to talk to was picked out by Jesus. When we get out of our way and start letting God make these decisions and these choices of where to go, this is when we can start making a difference. This is when those good deeds start to start adding up. This is when we start to make the world a little more crazy with us. Because we get the knowledge that the creator of the universe is intimately involved with our lives. That he wants to do something with us. How much better does it turn out when it's God driving us and not us? With that, I want us to break up in some table talk. We just talked about dying to our old selves. When did you die to your old self and let Jesus start to take control? What was the final straw that broke the camel's back? I'm a country guy, so you get that kind of lingo. What made you want to change, and why did you finally get to that breaking point? When was that time when you threw up your hand, you said, that's enough? And from that point, have you ever looked back? There's a lot of questions that fit in there. I figured some people would feel a little more comfortable with otherwise, but I want you guys to try to fit them in. Open up around your table. This is the way we grow. This is why we have the Wednesday nights, so we can actually communicate with each other. You don't have to give the foo-foo answers. Let's dig in and see when that old you was here and all the good things that came from the new you. So let's take a few moments and kind of break apart. All right, wrap up that thought. We're going to come back together. together. See, I wanted to ask this question about dying to our old selves because I've had the opportunity to reconnect with a friend that lives in Las Vegas. And I've been speaking to him the last, I don't know, probably two weeks we just got reconnected. And the last couple nights we've been talking about some deep things in faith. 
and he fell on some tough times. And he's finally back on his feet. And the thing that he said after falling on these tough times, after a lot of things going away from him, whether it be family, jobs, things that he got in trouble for, he said, I said, what are you going to do next? He said, I'm not really sure. That's up to God. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? He said, 100% is what I'm going to start giving God, that he's the one that's going to start directing my life, that he is now in control, because I got myself into this one side of things. It's time for God to put me on the path where I'm supposed to be. It's time for God to start using the things that I've been through and putting me in those situations to better other people's lives. To start talking to people that no one else would talk to because he's been there and he knows how to connect with them. He knows that every step or decision he makes it will be because Christ is leading him. And I'm a visual guy. I can just imagine God sitting up there saying, smiling, someone else got it. That's all it takes is for us to give up control and let him guide us. The commitment of Paul and the commitment of my friend to turn over complete control of their lives goes in uncharted territory for us. We like to be in control. We like to make the decision of where we're going, why we're going there, and when we're going to go there. We like to make important decisions based to us. We chart our own course. When we value our opinions, dreams, and beliefs more than the truth of God, then we end up missing God's best for us. And this isn't just for one group of people. When we talk about deep stuff like this, when you set up your booth at the fair and you're yelling at people about the amazing things that God can do, this isn't just pick and choose who's walking by. This isn't for one certain group of people. It's not for these people over here and no one over here. This is every single person that walks by. This message is included for them because God wants them in his life. He wants to enable them. He wants them to use their gifts. He wants them to do something more. It didn't just say in verse 15 that he died for Bob or Mary. It says that he died for everyone. Then verse 15, we'll go through one more time. He died for everyone so those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. It's not just for single groups of people. John Piper has this great quote that I wanted to have up there. It says, God will save anyone who believes. He offers the gospel to every person without exception, and so should we. We all matter to God. If you feel like you're not worthy right now, if you feel like you're ill-equipped to go and do these things, you're not. If you feel like your old self is holding you back, we just read in this verse, if you're done with that old life, God's done with that old life. 
Let's start doing something with this new life. Let's start making these count. Let's start moving forward. In verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. You guys are doing good on the last table talk, so you win brownie points, you get one more. <laughs> we're going to make this a shorter table talk, but we're talking about this old stuff. So now you opened up about when you came to this new life of yours, so why don't you tell people what old stuff you're still hanging on to? You can't shake it. What are you holding on to? That thing that keeps looking over your shoulder, you feel that presence, like I can't get rid of this, whether it be a past relationship, whether it be pain, whether it be words that hurt your soul, what's holding on that's stopping you from letting God take control in your lives? This is a short one, you'll probably have a two minutes the most, so rapid fire. <laughs> All right, we're gonna come back together. And I want you guys to do an exercise with me real quick. I want you guys to put your hands out. Hands out. Shake them off. You have a freedom-giving God that's shaking off all this old stuff that you've been hanging on to. But wait, there's more in your life now. That's enough shaking. It's freaking me out. <laughs> there's enough. That old you is gone. You have 100% back, money back guarantee. All you have to do is call that warranty number. All you got to do is go to God and say, I'm done with old me. Let's start moving forward. You have a reboot key. And we have this thing that the old you now brought in as a new Christian. You become a new person. Everything is new. We don't have to be held back anymore. As we start to move forward, we start to minister. As we start living life, you don't have to hold on to that old person, all those negative thoughts in your head saying you're not good enough to spread the gospel, you're not good enough to do these things. You are good enough to do it. You are made to do it. It's our chance to bring more people to God, so you guys are now equipped to go out and do that. God can shake you, relieve you of your sin, and cleanse you as you begin a new life. As we continue on with our scripture, in verses 18 to 19, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message, reconciliation. God has given us a task to bring people to him, to build that bridge back that he so graciously built for us. And as we close out in verses 20 and 21, this is what the message is all about. This is what the buildup has been. If you need to grab something from this message, this is it, because this is how important and powerful you guys are. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. 
For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You are a 24-7, 365 advertisement filled by the grace work of Jesus Christ. You are a walking billboard to let people know that God can change lives and he wants more people to come along with him. For those of you that don't pay attention to government or anything, I'll give you a quick little disclaimer. An ambassador is an authorized representative or messenger. And it's important that we understand what an ambassador is so you know what our new duty is. See, an ambassador of the United States goes on soaring soil and can act fully in the authority from the government that he comes from. So as a U.S. ambassador, we can go and we can only speak when they have been given permission to speak. They can say nothing more or less about our government than allows them to say. An ambassador to China or Russia or any other country is a representation of our country to that land. See, Paul saw himself as an ambassador for Jesus. That in all situations, he went and was an ambassador. He was enabled to go and speak the gospel, to live the truth. And he just didn't do it for Sundays. And for us, we don't just come at 9 and 11 on Sundays. We don't just come here at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays, and that's the end of our billboard. This is a constant thing. Paul went to prison and preached the gospel. He made that prison cell that he was an ambassador for. He didn't care when he went. God put him there for a reason so he can go and do something. All of us can go and do something. I truly believe it. So what is our message? I think it says it perfectly in 1 Timothy. What's this message that we get to spread and people get to hear it? For there is only one God and one meteor who can reconcile God and humanity the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I have been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating, just telling the truth. This is something that is glorious. This isn't some junk that there's being pitched on TV at three in the morning that we can forget that we bought a couple months later. This is waking up every morning and realizing that God has given us a gift, that we get a chance to live with the most glorious God, that we can be empowered, that we can now be ambassadors, whether you work in a cubicle, whether you work in a gym, whether you go to school, that you make that place God's country that you make that place like God is all over and they can understand what the crazy talk that we start saying as they get a better understanding for it. As we wrap back to our scripture and start, as we bring more people, the world's gonna turn out to be a better place. So folks, this is our chance. You're all equipped. 
Let's break out of our shells. You just shook off the old stuff that's in your bones. Get rid of it. Forget about it. This is a new chance, a new chapter. This is the whole thing that when we come into Camarillo, as we serve on serve day, as we go into our everyday lives, we are that walking billboard for Jesus Christ. And you'll just start seeing other people come along. I can't wait to see how God's going to continue to move us and shape us as ambassadors for Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I'm just excited. I know there's so many big things and so many people that you're going to use in this building to go beyond these doors, to start going out and being ambassadors for Christ. Wherever the darkest places are, you will be. That we will continue living a righteous life, that we continue doing these good deeds, that we continue making a difference because it's all glory to you, God, that every day we can make them count, that every day we can be that salesman for Jesus, that you can imagine going door to door, you can imagine yelling from rooftops, that you can imagine just being passionate about something in life that means so much. This is all for the glory of God. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Let the Holy Spirit drive you. Let's start getting uncomfortable. Let's start moving in the directions. Let Jesus take control and start making the change that needs to happen. And I know with this group, it's a great start. I thank you, Lord, for this time. It's your name we pray. Amen.